Welcome to Puzzling Company, your home for at-home puzzles and mysteries. Here are your hosts, Jared and Zach. Well, welcome back to the 24th episode of Puzzling Company. It is your host, Zach, and always with me is... It's Jared! Okay. You guys don't know this bit, but Jared's been doing the... It's Jared! It can only be Jared! It's literally been this since I came into the office. I've got a lot of energy today. No, that's good. No, I, I'm feeling better and you have energy, so we're we're in a good spot. Um, but this is going to be a great episode. We are going to be discussing cold case crackers. And we covered the three uh, different scenarios they provide. There's yes. three cases. Um, so one is the Attenberg train bomber. The other is Fairlake Heist. And then I think the other one is 12th Street yes. Theater. 12th Street Theater, yes. Yes, okay. So yeah, uh, we're going to cover all three, but if you guys stick with us, we're going to get into it. Zach, I'm I'm so sorry to hear about the robbery at your house last night. Are you okay? I'm fine. But Jared, literally no one broke into my house last night. But I do feel a little upset because you did stand me up for game night. Okay. Your text literally reads, break in tonight, exclamation point. Jared, that's literally the name of the game. It's a really cool new concept where you're trying to solve puzzles to break into the game instead of out of it. All other games follow really cool narratives about real-life places. We really should have people check it out in our show notes to get details on where they can pick up this game. So it's called Break In? Yes, it's Breaking In, not Breaking Out. I'm sorry. It's okay. Wow, what a great ad from Jared. You know, I always celebrate myself, but I think Jared does a great job in these ads. I think it's about time I got some credit. Okay, <laughs> I'm done. All right, you lost last time we played a competition game. I'm always going to bring this up, by the way. Uh, but no, welcome back. Um, we are in our first section. This is where we are going to discuss our likes with the games that we played, as well as things that we thought could have room for improvement. Just a reminder, this is not to like dog or really get down on anyone or any of their creations. This is more of a part to just discuss things that we generally liked about the game, but then also things that you know we want to see the community grow, so where we thought they could improve potentially. Absolutely. Zach, why don't you tell us a little bit about cold case uh we talked about the three different games but what can uh, somebody who wants to play from cold case what can they expect just for a brief overview of the experience yeah so how cold case crackers works is you are presented a case obviously it's a cold case so it's been it's been out of time for a little bit um you know the evidence kind of went dry stuff like that so you're trying to figure out kind of these weird connections so you get presented a folder Two folders, actually. Um, one is kind of the case itself and some of the pertaining information you need for the narrative, as well as like a starting point, kind of. Uh, you get four phases of the game. Uh, they're presented in white envelopes, if I remember correctly, and I think all of the games that we played. Uh, but those are like the main four phases of puzzles or, uh, you know, like solving that yes. you need to do. And, then, and that's uniform. Correct. That yes. is uniform ac- across all three games that we played. And then the other part is you get another big folder that just has lots of information, transcripts from, you know, interviews, uh, different uh, key witnesses, uh, newspaper articles, anything pertaining to it. And so how the game would work is that in each phase you're presented basically a question in terms of like it'd give you some story information. And you also have a website, a uh, pretty good website that has, you know, some information as well about how you're supposed to play with it. Um, 
but the, the goal is, is that every phase you get a question, they ask you like, okay, how would I figure out what two items I need to, you know, figure out this person or I to, think they call them artifacts. Correct. You need like two artifacts to answer a question that you need to move to the next phase. You know, so the first one might be what two artifacts would prove that the person who wants the, the person doing this crime would have been here at this time. Yes. You know, so you get like, you go through a bunch of different information and looking for two things that kind of match and answer that question. And then there's a answer like tip. There's like an answering uh, key online that you get to put your answers in uh, and see if it's correct or not. And that's actually, that actually is our first thing that we really liked about the game is this is a very unique format. Yes. It, it really, we've not seen a whole lot like this where you are now required to not necessarily solve a puzzle, but actually really prove something. It, this, this felt more realistic to me. The format felt very realistic to me mm-hmm. as like an old cold case cracker that, okay, if we're going to reopen this case, prove it to me. Yeah. It, it made a lot of sense to me and it was fresh and I just really appreciated that unique take that every single time we moved into a different phase of the game, it was, well, where's the proof of evidence? It was almost like we had this like cranky, like commanding officer. Like I'm imagining just like those nineties movies that, you know, like we're kind of the hot shot detectives. We're like, damn it, chief. I know he was the one. And you know, the chief is in there just being like, well, I can't give you a warrant without some information. And then Zach and I hit the hard streets of Nashville to prove something's really going on. It's true. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. The The format is very unique. I, I enjoyed it a lot. There's some things about it that were just a little bit different than we're, we're used to. Yeah, um, it was definitely a new take. But it, it, it was kind of interesting it being less puzzle-based. There are some puzzles in these experiences, um, but it's more about putting pieces of information together and trying to solve a question. Yeah. You know, and figure out who did it and why. You know, a lot of it is the motive. A lot of it is the motive. And that was very unique from a lot of the other crime games that we were playing. Because you, you're you always discovering motive, but the proof to move forward in the case always seemed the unique aspect of what we were doing. Mm-hmm. How did you uh, how did you feel about the narratives that we played overall? Because I, I, I enjoyed them. I think you did too. Yeah, I think the narratives were, were pretty good. Um, so I think if I – so we were talking about this a little bit earlier. One of the things that I enjoyed was I, I enjoyed actually ranking compared to each other in terms of narrative. I think the one that I enjoyed the most was the Edinburgh train bomber. Same. Uh, I thought the narrative was very well done in it and the, the narrative reveal – near the end uh, was very good kind of figure out why and how and who um, in the other two games in fair Lake heist. Uh, the narrative was pretty solid setting it up um, and stuff like that. And throughout the game kind of makes more and more sense what happened and why. And then in 12th street was also a pretty interesting take trying to figure out why, you know, the theater burned in the. Absolutely. Know. And they were, it was fun for us because we're so used to playing our, our crime games episodically and these all resolve themselves. So if you like games that you don't have to wait for the next episode, this is a good example of those. Mm -hmm. Um, I really enjoyed the fact that it was wrapped up by the end of what we played. That's not to say that, you know, other games that we've played are bad, but it was, I think more of a challenge for the creators to stuff it all into an hour setting Mm -hmm. and, and make it feel really good. Um, the other thing that was really interesting about the narrative, and I don't know how you feel about this, but I I liked the fact the more and more that I thought about it that the case started cold and then became like 
happening. Like it was, yeah. it started off as this thing that happened years ago. We're reopening it, you know, typical cold case, but then things get very real very quickly in some of these cases, especially in, I think in Edinburgh, yes. I think it was like the best example of it, that the moment that you started figuring out things and to mind, to remind people or to give people an example, if they don't know about these games, um, generally, at least in Edinburgh, I don't remember exactly in the other two, but specifically in Edinburgh. The reason the cold case gets reopened is because another is about to happen. Yeah, there's a lot of urgency. So the fun part is the moment you start figuring out things, the person responsible starts amping it up faster. So it almost feels like the moment you solve something, something immediately happens where the person realizes and goes, oh, crap, oh, crap, I got to start moving my plan along. Right. So you almost feel like it's a race against time to prove you're correct, but then also stop the person. Yes, while in the other games, I if I remember correctly, they are in, like involved, but not as much in terms of like things start escalating quicker, in like in current time. Yes, they do, but not as you're right, not as quick. Edinburgh was probably yeah, the Edinburgh, best example. But. Edinburgh got going in a hurry. In a oh, hurry. Yeah, but I, but I like that that is it's brought present time wise because I think for the creators of this game, they could have just left these as old cold cases that by the end of it, you discover who it is and. Okay, let's go get that guy, you know, scene. Yeah. But they chose to do their storytelling in a very unique way, and I really appreciated that. Mm -hmm. Zach, what it was the last thing that we really liked about this game? Yeah, we really liked the framing of the cold case and, like, the narrative along with it. So what we mean by that is I really enjoyed that when you started each cold case, you were presented a character, like a detective that was working with you, who you got to listen to like their their phone call to you and stuff. You have like a on the website you get like a a bunch of audio dialogue at times to help solve certain parts of it, as well as the tip line. Yes. Um which which function is the hint system, right? Correct. Yes. That is correct. Um but it, it was really fun getting to have like the detective working with you who's calling you guys in, the cold case crackers, to like talk to you guys through about what they figured out and what you need to know. And kind of some more narrative real revelations as they talk more, you know. But it, it was fun. Like, the framing was fun to come in and be like, okay, we're two detectives from this cold case crackers, you know, business. They're calling us in because they can't solve it. And they don't have the, you know. So they call us in and they're like, please help us solve it, you know. And me and Jared just go, all right, this is going to be easy. And, then, you know, we go in and we just, we blow it out of the park. And then they're like, wow, we should have these people on our team. We're like, no, you're not going to pay us enough, so. We got other societies and things we belong to. That's correct. Uh, but I will say the other thing, in with the framing of the game, I feel like they even do a really good job at the very end of giving you a tease for what the next game is going to be. Like at the end, did we play the the train bombing first? That was, so we handled the train bombing first, and at the end of the train bombing, there's a, a like a news video that plays, and that news video kind of lets you know what's coming in the next one if you decide to play them in the, in the order that is prescribed by these. Mm -hmm. So I just think they do a really good job of the framing. Again, I do like that the hint system was framed within the narrative. It kept everything more immersive. It wasn't just a hint system, right? Yeah. They, they decided to step that up and take that to the next level. So I always think bonus points for that. Mm -hmm. For all that we did enjoy with this game, we always do have some criticisms. Um, and these criticisms are meant to be encouragements. They're meant to be ways that we see that we can improve because we are constantly trying to drive the industry forward and ask better things of it. This is not to toot our own horn, just a lot of care. But there were a couple things in this game 
uh, that we feel like there could have been some room for improvement. Zach, why don't you uh, kick us off with that? Yeah. So to be honest, we the first thing we kind of thought of was that especially in the last two cases more than the first, but in general, it was kind of a static experience. In the first game, there's a very good narrative reveal near the end that kind of explains like why everything happened the way it's going. You know, you kind of solve the case, the first part of the case, and then you get uh, the big reveal at the end of the extra phase that, you know, is about to happen. But it's, um, cause I don't want to spoil too much what that final phase is or anything, but, um, it was really well done in the first one. It felt like it was a little static because it was the first game. So the, like, our experience like onboarding onto it felt a little little off just because we were, we weren't used to the format. But I thought it was really well. In the other two games, I felt like the static experience became more and more prevalent, like the narrative as well as the the solving of the different like information slash puzzles never made me go, holy crap, this just happened or a reveal never felt that way. Mm. And, and maybe that's just, you know, on us because we just started realizing how the format played. But it, it but I mean, we have played other games where I felt like I was always like, wow, that's a crazy reveal, even if I expected it. Right. It was, it was like you were proving the reveal. Correct. And these yeah. it, it was like we solved something, but I was like, OK, we kind of already knew that. And it didn't feel like that big when they did reveal it because it was pretty uh, i'm trying to word this nicely it was like obvious to us because by like the we were joking at one point like okay i think this person did it after like two pieces of information and it was like okay it was clearly that person my mine was more so from the the gameplay yeah i i felt like it was not dynamic enough and while i really do like the format uh the format suffers a little bit when it's not being carried from envelope to envelope. Here's what I mean by that. Every There's four envelopes. Every time you open up a new envelope, you are asked every single time to, to prove through the information that you have that it's true. Mm-hmm. So my critique here is if you're going to keep that format the same, right? Mm-hmm. If every single time the goal is the same, it's like being in an escape room. If every lock is a four-letter lock or a four-number lock, You've got to give me some dynamic range to get or to do to, to do things differently within that format or else, like I said, it just becomes kind of flat. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's what it felt like. I wanted to see more varied gameplay. And I think in talking to the creator and, and there's it's a team of creators, but in talking to Carson, I think they're going to experiment with that a little bit in the future. So I'm excited about that. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is, I know they can. There was one instance in every single game that I said, oh, I really like how we came to know that. Yeah. I'm looking at a couple of them that I've posted up on my walls because I really like that. But one out of every four isn't good enough for me. I want to see them dive deeper into their puzzle world to gather information mm-hmm. and come back with a more robust system to get us. If, if the format is always going to be what two artifacts, what three artifacts, what four artifacts, then I've got to see more in between to increase my level of diversity, which leads to more enjoyment in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So that's what I want to see. Uh, and I know they're capable of it. I know again, context, these are their first three games that they've ever put out um, we enjoyed them, but I want to see more. I want it to grow more in that because, as I mentioned in the first part, the format is very unique and very enjoyable, mm-hmm. but it needs more range in between getting you to answer to answer if every single time the goal is the same, yeah. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I would say needs a little bit more uh, help is the hint system. Mm-hmm. Agree? Agreed. Because it's not tiered. 
it's themed very well and very appropriately. Mm-hmm. But if you need more help and you have no idea how to get there, you have two options. Try every single combination of information, which would take you hours and is not fun, or contacting them directly. And I, I do want to give kudos because they have great customer support mm-hmm. in helping them, but it, it, it's just frustrating as a game player. And we've experienced this in other games where yeah. if we want the answer, we can't get it. Mm-hmm. What What are your thoughts on that? No, I agree. I mean, it is is very themed well. It, it is a tip line, so you get a tip about what's going on. And when the few times we used it, I would say two out of the three times, and when we checked it afterwards... It was good information, but the issue felt like there was one hint specifically that we used that didn't tell us much more than we already knew. Right. And then you're like, okay, well, how do I, like, I know what you're asking and I know what I'm looking at, but, like, how do I, it was like we were missing one piece of information. Yes. That I feel like the tip could have helped gave. And, and that was how it felt on some of them when we went back and looked. It was that they're, they were good, but like you said, they're not tiered. In the moment that you're like, okay, I need more help, there wasn't more help. So right. you're kind of like stuck. Unless you ask or, you, you know, you contact them directly. Absolutely. And we're we're always advocating for the player experience, right? Mm-hmm. So what we had to do when that information was enough, it just became guess and check for us, which yeah. we imagine people have to go through just a pretty mm, regimented process of elimination yep. in order to move the forward game. And that's also to say the game is gated very well. Yeah. Like you're not you're not gonna breeze through this game not knowing the information. It's you very, could not guess. Yeah, you, it's pretty you, difficult. You could not guess. And that again, that's shout out to the format. But I just firmly believe in if somebody is playing a game at home, you need to value their time above everything else. And if they want to just breeze through this and get all the right answers, that's their prerogative. Mm-hmm. Like let them go, let them have fun with that. You worry about what you you need to worry about as a creator and giving them a good experience. But when you work your way through all of the available hints, which I think there was only one hint available for each time you moved into a new phase of the game, I just I firmly believe that there's got to be more. And I think that's a really simple fix. Mm. What else, Zach? So the final thing that we kind of noticed was there was like a lot of information in these uh, cold cases as well as like a little bit of red herrings. So what we, what we mean is that it felt like with how the format works, right, with getting artifacts and trying to prove the case, at the end we kind of just realized there was a lot of information that was like kind of like extra if you wanted a little bit more narrative, but was not needed like right. at all to solve the case. And that's realistic. Correct. It that, is. That, so you could argue it the other way. But it just felt like it – what I, I guess why it disappointed, at least me personally, was that when we would open it and then we like when we got to like the last two cases after we'd solved the first one, we got used to the format. But it felt like I just searched for what I knew exactly what, what would go with it. And I ignored almost everything else because, you know, my instinct goes, I'm going to do it quick. Sure. Right? Like I want to solve it as fast as possible because that's what we can do. Like I can look through things and I go, OK, well, if we're looking for this, I saw that, you know, there's emails that I can look at in a blog and I can look at the phone calls. And figure it out quickly. And, and then it kind of realized at the end that half of the file we didn't use, which is fine because you're not going to use it to solve it. But it, I felt like I didn't even like for at least me, like trying to for us trying to do it quickly. We read what we needed to, but it kind of felt like we we moved on. Like I didn't need to look at the rest of the stuff in there. Right. It was it was this weird dynamic where it is very authentic 
And probably a leading reason in a cold case, there's going to be a lot of information. Nobody else has been able to solve it before. Mm -hmm. But it did feel like a couple times when you're trying to limit down information that that's just what we were doing with most of our time. Yeah. Right. And that goes back to what I was saying about it being static is it felt like one of the four to open one of the four envelopes, you did get to do a puzzle that felt familiar, but the other three, it was just, it turned into an information hunt. Yeah. And that, that was not the best experience for us at least. Mm -hmm. But if that's what you like, it's very authentic. Yeah. Like I don't want to discount it. Like, but it did feel like a couple times on the red herring thing that it was like, let me give you all this new information. But the information was all, like it, 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 it's almost a signposting question a mm-hmm. little bit, but I understand where they're coming from. I think that's more to just put it out there. That is if, uh, if hunting isn't one of your favorite skills, then cold case probably is not a game that you will enjoy in its current form. If that's what you love, if you love digging through information and looking for that one little detail that might be off to prove it just right, I think it's a great game for you. Mm -hmm. I I think we just wanted to make that delineation a little bit. Mm -hmm. That fair? Yeah, I think it's fair. Yeah. But overall, uh, I thought it was a good game. It was a good experience In in talking with the creator. I think I'm more excited about some of the things that they're putting out in the future because just for me personally, it makes the game more intriguing. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll let uh, our guests talk about that a little bit more in the interview. Uh, over, but yeah, overall, um, I think we had a good time. Yeah. And uh, we just want to say thank you for the opportunity to get to play that game. Yep, absolutely. Well, you guys hang on. Puzzles to the people coming at you next. Solve puzzles, write reviews, win prizes. It's time for Puzzles to the People. All right, Zach, pick a card, any card. Dude, we are supposed to be doing an ad right now. Okay, I know. Just just be cool, Zach. You know I always wanted to be a magician. I don't think this is the right time or medium for a magic trick. But okay, I've picked a card. Okay, look at it and don't tell me what it is. And how's the audience going to know what card this is? Just, just be cool, man. I just got this new Enigmas card deck, and I just wanted to show you a new trick I've been working on. Oh, Jared. I'm sure your trick's going to be great, but there's something you don't know about that deck. Okay. I see what's happening. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. What? You think you're a better magician than me. You think you know more about this deck of cards than I do. You're trying to heckle me and usurp the great Jared Zini. Jared, Jared, Jared. Well, I did back the project on Kickstarter, and I've been playing the puzzle game hidden inside. There's actually a full puzzle hunt you can discover. I imagine you got those over at davidkwongmagic.com. Nice try, Zach, but a magician never reveals his secrets. Magician's code. Well, if you're looking for an amazing experience from a real magician... I'm sitting right here. Then head over to davidkwongmagic.com and pick up Enigma's Puzzle Hunt playing cards. All right, everybody, welcome back to Puzzling Company. We are now in the section of the show that we call Puzzles to the People, Usually, and for a while now, Zach, I've been talking a lot about um, the ins and outs of gameplay, the industry, but we're going to go back to what we're doing. We're taking reviews from the people today. All of our reviews are from Amazon today, and we're going to be throwing Zach some feedback to see if he agrees or disagree. Now, I will say the majority of the reviews, and they have a quite a few reviews on Amazon are mostly positive. Most of the games have 4.5 stars or more wow. with thousands 
of reviews. Wow. Plural, thousands. Uh, and I think that's really impre- impressive and a testament to their the owner's business acumen. But again, these are good reviews, bad reviews. We're in here to dig into them, talk about the legitimacy of them. So this first one is from Journeyman. Um, we are talking about 12th Street, the game 12th Street in there. Okay. Uh, this was extremely easy. If you are into simple puzzles and quick gratification, this is for you. It took two of us about 30 minutes to solve it, but most of that time was spent carefully reading and taking notes, which we didn't really need to do. I was a little disappointed that this wasn't harder to solve and that everything was so obvious. Agree or disagree? It's interesting. I will mostly agree with the statement. It, like, to try to compare at least how we did compared to what the reviewer put, I mean, it, we did solve it very quickly. It was not a crazy difficult game. Um, in terms of like the puzzles or like trying to put the information together, it came together pretty quickly. Um, we did spend a good bit of time putting down information, trying to figure out who did it when really at the end of the day, like they said that, and how we felt earlier that we didn't need really all of it. We kind of figured it out with just the piece of information that we, you kind of presented mainly. Uh, so, I mean, I agree. It was definitely, I, I don't know if it was like super easy, you know, like compared to the other two, but it, it definitely was kind of an experience. So we were like, okay, once we like realized it, it went pretty quick, I will say we were a little bit more surprised about who, why and how they like the person did it, you know, and stuff like that. Like the, the narrative reveal of all, why all that happened, you know, and in terms of that point of view, but like the puzzling and the, and the little bit of the puzzling and the, the crime solving, you know, like putting pieces of information together was very quick. I, I agree a little bit. I do think this is on the easier side of games that we've played, yeah. but I don't think that's a bad thing. Agreed. Um, Cause we're, again, we're always looking out for great games that would be open to anyone. And I think that's a goal of cold case crackers. You know, they're not just making these for the hardcore mystery solvers. Yeah. You know, with the, I mean, with as many reviews, they very clearly have a broad audience and I, it very, the reviews say, Hey, this is working for the broad audience. So the ease of it, I think is subjective, obviously, but yeah. I, maybe more so just to say, like, if this is the style of game that you're looking for, it is a little bit easier. And if, if you're experienced, if, let me reframe that. If you're an experienced game player, this game will feel a little bit easier and um, it does wrap up in one episode. So if you like both of those things, I think this is a great purchase for you. Mm-hmm. But like like you said, if you are looking for something a little more difficult still within the crime genre, I do think there are more difficult games out there. But then again, that's not what they were trying to achieve. So I think they're they're working on it. This is, uh, this next review is about the bank heist, Fairlake Bank Heist. They said, I've done several solve a mystery games now, and this was my least favorite. This one required a ton of reading and was rather bland as it only includes papers and photos from the case file. I tend to like others where there's a little more to the clues. Thoughts on that? Yeah, interesting. I I agree with it somewhat. There are things I disagree with. Uh, so let's go over things that I agree with. The game is very. It almost felt very straightforward. That's fair. I, I think that's fair. In terms of like, we very quickly realized who it was. Like, it, you know, like in some of the other games, it felt like the reveal was like, and I'm saying narratively, but also like solving information wise the other ones that felt like there was at least a little bit of a twist or like more you had to look into sure specifically in fair lake 
the moment we read the information about the person who did it, it was very clear they did it. And you're like, okay, well, I know who did it. Now I just need to find information to prove it. Right. Which is fine to a degree because you still have to prove it. Which is which is the driving force of Correct. the format. Yes. But it, it just feels it feels weird compared to the other two where at least the fun of it was kind of figuring out all of the why and how and who. This one, like immediately when we read the, their transcript in, the, in their interview with the police, I was just like, oh, they did it. Because the fun part we had too that we didn't talk about me early on is that we guessed, we gave our own opinions, like looking at just photos who we thought did it. And I was like, you know, we joked in my, and I, I kept telling Jared this because I, I wanted to make sure I felt like I was somewhat correct. I had a second guess. My second guess was always the correct one. <laughs> it, it was not my first in the two games that we did do second guesses. And the moment I figured out, I was like, oh, okay. Um, but yeah, it just felt straightforward. There wasn't a moment that I felt like was a crazy uh, like change in direction. There is a puzzle in this game that I actually really liked, and it's on our wall. Um, that was like the one thing I would say that did spice up kind of the experience of other than just reading the information. But I mean, I could agree with the reviewer that if you didn't, if you didn't like other than that one puzzle, the rest of it is very much just reading. It is. It is very reading. Uh, I agree with you. So like, I think that's just another to say, like, if you don't like reading, but all of the crime games that we've played so far require mostly reading. It's a lot of reading. You're reading old reports. You're reading all of these things. And 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 I'm going to I'll stick up for cold case a little bit and saying, like, they're trying to make it authentic. So, yes, there's going to be a lot of reading. And to the um, to the note that says it only includes papers and photos from the case file. Y'all know I'm a stickler for the more tangible, the more sometimes three dimensional. I love it. My only caveat to that is when the picture on Amazon shows you exactly what you're getting. Yeah. Then you that has no business. Like, what did you think you were getting? It's true. Like this, this is actually something I really appreciate in the escape room world is when I get to see real pictures of what the game space, we're actually moving that way. Like we're, we're doing that now too, or soon will be putting like, because it lets you know what type of experience you're getting into yeah. and how much care they've put into the game. Mm-hmm. So I am, uh, I am against probably the last two parts of this review mm-hmm. because a, you didn't blindly purchase this you should know what it looks like and you say you've played other mystery games you should know this territory this subgenre mystery style crime games involve a lot of reading yeah the only like devil's advocate i could play is that some of the other ones which we talked about earlier some of the other ones add a little bit more puzzling to the experience. And I or, agree with that. I totally agree yeah, with that. But that that's it. I mean, the rest of it, there's still you still read though when you do the puzzling. You yes. still have to like figure out information. So yeah, I, I mean I disagree with the same part of the comment, but I, I could understand from them like if you played another company's version of the same types of games and they had more puzzles in them, that it gave you kind of a break from the reading. If you did basically only reading the entire time. You know, and if you didn't like it, then it would be disappointing. But yeah, I mean, they if they did buy it off Amazon and left the review on Amazon, the the, the photo clearly shows like everything. So I'm like, there's no way you didn't know. Right. It's it's like what you think there was a box that was gonna appear that had the criminal in it and you had to chase them, you know, like I don't know what you expect. The reviewers can be really us included, I guess. Reviewers can be really crazy sometimes. That's true. All right, now we're gonna we're gonna delve into what was our favorite game 
which was the train. Yep. Uh, before I ask you, tell me a little bit more. I want you to go a little bit more in depth on why that was your favorite. There's a few different small reasons. I think the first was the narrative aspect because I'm a big narrative person. I thought the narrative, like the puzzle masking and the information masking into the narrative was really well done. The the puzzles that are in it, which I think there's actually more than one in this game. There's one I know of, at least near the end. Um, but the puzzles were really well done. There's a fun bit of information that you find out there's maybe more than one person involved in this case. And when you get to reveal that, you gain a lot of new narrative as well as information about how to solve the case. There was enough of like a diversity in the information you're trying to pick up. One of the fun parts was realizing that some of the information that we had not used before actually had good information on where we needed to go. It, it felt like everything worked cohesively together and was masked well that I never really dropped my narrative experience or that it or that I was like just started guessing things because sure. I was like in the tip line was very good for this episode like every time that we looked back at it they were spot on information that I'd want to hear yes all right let's uh let's move to a review then okay this is from GC my family and I have tried a couple of these this was one of the most logical and straightforward all of the story progression made sense. It was not too difficult to figure out once we found the clues we accidentally misplaced. It is nice and enjoyable to solve. I can see why it has such a high rating. The stages each got progressively more challenging. However, it was not too challenging to be too difficult for a family casual game night. Yeah, I can agree with all that. Definitely not. Like, I mean, all three of these games are not the most difficult. We've We've discussed that already. They are made for a broad audience. They're not for the most puzzle sure. enthusiast, you know, the, you know, casual families, please. And, they, and that's great news. Yeah, that's good. I'm very glad to hear that um, because you want more people to play, you know. Um, so those are all really good things. I agree. It was pretty straightforward. Like, you know, there's nothing too crazy. I liked that there was a little diversity in the puzzling, but the narrative stayed straightforward. It didn't feel like it was crazy twists and turns. To be, it's not an M. Night Shyamalan twist. <laughs> Just to have an M. Night Shyamalan twist, you know, the narrative reveal, figuring out why it all happened and who was very well done. Like, you're like, I was like, oh, that's really cool. That was actually very good information to realize. And they brought up a point that I didn't realize, but looking back, I, I have to agree with them is that, in that one, it did, each envelope did get progressively more difficult. And this one, yeah. Because and one thing we didn't talk about is you're forced to now deal with all of the information. Each mm -hmm. new envelope, you're getting more and more and more and more information. So by the final solve, you have everything. Everything in the game is always on limits, unless yep. you've used it, Correct. obviously. Um, but so I think they bring up a really good point. I just am really encouraged... Again, these have very high reviews, 4.5, 4.6. And the Amazon, you know Amazon, the Amazon crowd in general ain't going to spare you anything. Yep. They're going to come for you. So I think it's great that they're hitting their target market with this. Mm -hmm. And it will be cool to see what they have going on in the future. Yep. Well, right now we are going to take a break and hang on with us. We're going to come back for questions for creators. There are some awesome people who make the puzzles we love to solve. This is Questions for Creators. Jared, 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 Jared. I found this really cool box outside. Can we please, 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 can we open it? Are you out of your mind? Look what it says on the box. It literally reads, root of all evil. 
There's no way we're opening this box. Oh, come on, Jared. What's the worst that can happen? What's the worst that... Have you ever seen a horror movie? Listen, you don't split up your team. The basement is not a good hiding place. You don't give cute little creatures water. And above all, you don't open the mysterious and creepy box with the word evil on it. Please, Jared. No! But if you're listening and you have more guts than me, you should actually head over to crackinutmysteries.com and pick up a copy of Root of All Evil. Um, Jared, I think I need to tell you something. Well, welcome back to Puzzling Company. We are now in the part of the show called Questions for Creators. This is a fun segment that we get to have a lovely guest on the show, um, creator. Um, in a, another episode, we've had a marketer. You know, we're going to have some different types of people for certain parts of episodes, but generally it will be creators. So this guest is obviously going to be from Cold Case Crackers. You're going to get to meet them very soon and hear a lot of great things about their company as well as themselves. Jared, are you excited? I am. And just a disclaimer, this is a three-person team and we will only be hearing from one of them, but Mm -hmm. our guest will let you know about the whole crew. So tell us your name and how you came up with Cold Case Crackers. Yeah, so my name's Carson. I'm an engineer in education. Me and my two brothers, Corbin and Colin, who were mathematicians and finance majors, um, all really just grew up really loving playing games. And we would do something similar to our games, um, the mystery crime games, um, playing Clue growing up. So Clue, you had to find out what was in the envelope, but it got kind of boring for us really quick. So we would, you know, have a second person or an accomplice in a second envelope. And then it was like, well, if it's not cat, what you've eliminated, like most of the things in the first round. So then we started adding in more weapons, more people, more goals. And it kind of ended up being close to what we do today. Um, you know, and that was at like the age of like 13 or 14. And then um, we, we developed the 12th street case probably in 2015 um, as a dinner date night thing with friends. And it, it wasn't nearly as elaborate as, as it is today, but our friends loved it so much. And we put so much effort into it that we decided well, we'll just invite another set of friends over different friends. Cause like, we really want to get our, our fruit for our labor out of this. And they loved it so much too. So then we started working on how can we, you know, make this playable for everyone, um, and consistent and, you know, we're playing with a bunch of people that know numbers. And so it was, it was a lot of numbers at that point. Now it's, it is what it is today, but that's how we really came about this type of game and designing these games. It all started with Clue, to be honest. So take us from where you left off and give us a little bit more about what made you go from realizing that you all wanted to do something together to actually putting the company together and coming out with a product. So there's, there's so many games similar to this right now. Um, and honestly, th- they're all so different in a way that I can look at, look at the different people and say, like, honestly, I think the, the idea of going step-by-step step to solve one thing, the next thing, the next thing, I think it's pretty intuitive. So I, it may seem like there's a lot of people looking at other people and and that sort of stuff, but you know, I don't, when I play them, I see the differences. I see the, you know, the outside of the intuitive of the format of the game and more so into the storylines. 
I believe it was Corbin who was doing a dinner date night thing. And he was like, Hey, you remember what we did with clue? He goes, check this out. I think he wanted Colin to edit it, which, um, you know, grammar is not big. And when you're dealing only with numbers, especially for me too, but he wanted Colin to edit it. And he sent it to me and we just all started, you know, giving our, um, facts on how it should be. And, um, definitely not opinions. And, um, it just turned, it just turned into this really cool game. Um, yeah, it was definitely Corbin. He was doing a dinner date night party. I think his advisor at the time was like coming over. He's trying to impress. Yeah. The online format was a big thing that differentiates us from everyone. And that's because we didn't like the idea. It's kind of like with clue you're making your guess and then you open it. And if you're wrong, it stinks. So the idea for us was we go online and I think I, I, at that point, I don't know that anyone else did that, but also it was a bit, it was a lot of work, a lot of upkeep. You have to upkeep the website and everything. Plus it limits people who are traveling or don't have online access. And we thought about everyone's got a cell phone within reach. Um, so they can do that. But the online thing is what really differentiated us at the beginning. And I think a lot of people are doing it now. I don't really look too much at the competitors. I play a lot of games and I've played a few of them where it had online, but the fact that you could confirm your answers online, um, allowed you to be like, no, you're not right. Give it another go at it. And that, that was the, that was the big differentiator with what we were doing. What makes your games unique compared to other crime games? I'm, I'm reserved to compare to other games um, because I think they're all great. And I I'm, I'm a critic. So I end up criticizing things. So what I will say is all of the games are great. I love playing all of our competitors games. Um, I won't endorse them but I love playing them. So I won't name them, but, um, the, we, we stand out in that we're not, a, we're not, a, there, there are murders involved because everyone wants a little murder, but our cases are centered around a crime more so than a murder. Like our 12th street theater case is a theater fire and arson case that's wrapped up in a murder. Our Edinburgh train bomber case is a serial train bomber with plenty of murder going on. Our fair like bank heist case again is a bank heist with some murder that occurred so we we stand out in that field, and I'm I'm happy that no one else has moved into that area. But I'm I find it interesting when we look at the competitors; they all still stick to like a murder, murder, murder. Not really centered around much of a a theme of a different crime. And so, and I think a lot of them are swaying away from. Uh, and this is a little spoiler. I don't know when this publishes, but they're swaying away from serial killers. And so our next case may or may not have a little bit of, you know, a little bit of that in there, but the, the competitors, let's talk about the box sets with all of the like three dimensional clues in them. You know, we're a flat case file. It allows us to put more information in there, more detail um, because of weight restrictions on Amazon and shipping international and things like that. We stand at 12 ounces going above that costs us a lot more money shipping which would increase the price for our customers. And we think we're at a competitive price area for what we do. Um, all of our games are hand handmade and we actually print a lot of the items ourselves because we want them to come off of a Xerox printer because that's how they would come off in a police station. We do have a lot of the stuff, like the color stuff, we want it to be high quality. So we do have that printed. We print it all with local companies. And so authenticity, some people would like, we don't do this because we don't want to print a coffee stain on our items. If we were going to do it, we would have someone sit there with a cup of coffee and 
you know, <laughs> just back and forth, back and forth with a cup of coffee. Um, when we started doing our games, all of our evidence um, stamps on our folders were hand up. Big old stamp, the cold case cracker stamp, all hand done, hand done, hand done. And I mean, forearms got great workouts, but it, it became impractical if we wanted to get the game to so many people. But we still, we, we add paper clips to the games. All of our stuff is paper clipped together. Um, we hand cut out newspapers by hand as if they're clipped by hand. And, you know, we take a lot of those actions that I don't, I don't see, I see it in some competitors just to leave the, you know, I don't want to criticize, but I don't see that in everyone. Um, having a little like hand done, handmade um, craft type of piece to their games. Dive us into a little bit of the puzzling aspect because we really liked the format. We thought it was very unique, but how are you going about the business of filling in the gaps between each time that they have to provide artifacts? The big thing to us, like I said, we differentiate where a big story game um, is the story, right? It has to be, it has to be a good story. So, you know, in, in essence, we're writing a book first, um, a short story, if you will. And so we come up with the story and then when it comes to puzzles, Colin's the puzzle guy. He loves puzzles. The cipher that's in the fair, like bank heist case was just like, he smiled for weeks, loving doing it. Um, and I'm more of a, um, critical thinking puzzle person. He's more of a, you know, ciphers and all this stuff. So we, we really all fit together. Corbin is so much into like the details of the hand cut out stuff I was talking about. And as well as the, the challenges, like what's the challenge that has to be um, accomplished for the, for the game. So when we start talking about it, we all kind of add to something and it doesn't conflict and it just becomes good. And we're designing the one case right now and I don't want to give spoilers, but that's kind of what I'm thinking of right now is we have this pretty intricate thing we're doing in this case right now. And, you know, I had the original idea on this one item and then Corbin brought stuff in and I was like, man, that really elevates this. And then Colin brings in his puzzle part of it. And I'm like, man, that really elevates it. So surprisingly, we work really well together in developing them. But after we've come up with the story, the next thing is what, what do we want the challenges to be? So let's break this story into quarters. And then in this first quarter, what would the challenge be? And we want it to be realistic. We want, we want these our detectives to have a hard time, right? On the new, on the new case, you can't just open an old cold case. You know, you're going to your detective and that detective's like, you know, th there's no proof that this is related. You know, we can't reopen this case. This case is closed. This case is taken care of. We're not bringing this back to light. So you, you may have to go out and find some evidence to even allow them for them to allow you to open the case. So just, just things like that. Um, but we break it up into the portions of the story then try to come up with challenges, but challenges that are like, you know, some of them are stereotypical. You see them in the, the TV shows and then other ones of them are, you know, creative and puzzle, but we kind of, people love the, the crime shows. So we don't want to, we want to add a little of that in there too. So tell us a little bit about your, the stories in each of these cases, how you kind of, how the narrative plays into a lot and how the interaction between information and the puzzling kind of play into it. So the cold case draws you in at the beginning um, it's kind of a difficult transition to be honest. The cold case draws you at the beginning because everyone's like, you mean I can do something everyone else couldn't do, but it can quickly become dull. So you, 
I'm glad like you noticed that, but most people notice that and they love it about our games is like it escalates so fast. Like you're on the hunt for people, people are dying. It's just like it's getting crazy. Um, we test groups are really key for that. We'll we'll put it somewhere, we'll put that transition of that escalation in different areas. And and sometimes to be honest, we'll switch a phase. We'll make phase three, now phase two, provide the evidence a little differently and slightly change the story just to change where things like kind of escalate and become active. Um, there's always a reason that the case opens up. Something new has happened. Something new has come to light. Um, on our newest case, I'm pushing really hard for something new may have come to light. This detective is like, I know this signature. I know this signature and I want, we need to open this case and everyone in the force is re resist, resist, resisting. And so he reaches out to the cold case crack and was like, we got to get them to reopen this case. So we're trying to do it in different ways, but there's always a reason it reopens. There's a new bomb letter. There's um, new evidence. They go to sell the theater and, you know, you find different ownership and you find different evidence. There's always a new reason to open it that's come to light. Um, and we're even becoming more creative with that in our next case. You've mentioned this uh, a couple times during the interview, but what is the future of cold case crackers? Are we expecting more similar cases? Are you guys going to change format, different products? Anything that you can tell us would be great. So we're going to keep developing cases. People love them. We just ran a Father's Day special. Um, and we're running some other specials um, for like the community and everyone's getting back together with people and we want to give them something to do. Um, and the first three comments on the post we put on Facebook was new case, please waiting on your next case. Really excited about your next case within like 10 minutes of posting it. So we're definitely going to keep doing cases. Um, the cases are going to be different. They're going to be new. Um, you know, we're trying to avoid repetition that we see in other areas. Um, but our cases ultimately break down into four categories. Um, and let me try to get these right because Colin is like key on two of these. There's a puzzle. There's an online there's a clue-based orientation, and then there's some way that you use, um, I'll just say detailed artifacts. There are more like premium artifacts in the game. So we have it broken up into those four items, and that's how we kind of base all of our games um, is, doing, is doing it that way. The, we are working on another um, product. It's a card game. Um, it's, it's replayable. It's not... Um, I wouldn't say it's similar to the game, the cold cases. It's just something new that we want to put out um, so that people can um, play it all. We feel a little guilty that the games are playable once, but we offer um, information and stuff so they can repack the game and give it to friends and stuff like that. But, you know, it's a story ultimately playing it again is it's the same story, right? It's like a book. But so we, we wanted to develop something that people could buy and play over and over and over again. Um, and so we got a card game in the works. Our graphic designer is killing it. She's been really coming along. We've got all of the, and I'm not going to give you too much, so I'm just going to tease you, you know, like crazy. We've got all the graphic work done. We've got the card designs done. We've got the gameplay, you know, we're moving on to um, box design and, you know, really the wording for the um, instruction book. And then we're going to be doing our first prototypes here in, probably about two months. Um, we'll start test groups on that. So we're hoping to get that out by the end of the year. Hopefully we'd love to hit the Christmas season with it. Um, but yeah, so we are expanding. 
just because we want to, you know, we love doing games. We love putting stuff out. So we are expanding a little bit there. And yeah, also like socially with the games we have, it's more, a lot of the expanding has to do with what your products are, but we also um, are doing a lot of expansion into different areas of communities and society with our games. So some people will call that marketing, but we're, we're more or less making sure that everyone has the opportunity to play it um, and, know, and knows about it. You can market online, but you know, surprisingly, the generation chasing, chasing my generation doesn't use Facebook, really. And I didn't know that. And we're looking into this stuff, and I'm like, Facebook is king. We have to advertise on Facebook. And then we're looking at the demographics that Facebook is giving us on the people that are clicking on our links. And I'm like, why does no one younger like our, our link? And just because there's not that many young people using it. So, but like for breweries are a good example. We're, we're, we're getting into breweries. We're offering it as like an alternative to, um, to uh, I say bingo, but that's how old I am. Trivia nights, um, <laughs> an alternate to trivia nights. And so that's pretty fun. Um, escape rooms, we're looking at offering it in escape rooms, kind of like, you can um, take it home. So th there's different people that do these different things. Different people are the type of people that go to breweries or distilleries, you know, people go to escape rooms and then the different types of escape rooms, as you know, running all the um, escape rooms, you guys do the different difficulty levels, um, bring in different types of people to the different escape rooms. And so just trying to get the whole world of people that would enjoy our case is a lot of the expansion we do because we we haven't even begun to get all of our games in the hands of everyone in the world. So that's uh, that's a lot of what we want to do, but we don't want to keep our detectives hanging either. So the ones that are sitting there waiting to get the next case, we'll get them cases too. Um, but like I said, we, the three of us run it. We have great contractors. We have probably like 25 or 26 contractors and workers that help us build all of our games. And... Um, we stay busy. We stay super busy. And the, the next thing we'll have to do if we're going to do larger expansions is going to have to be to, to bring on more workers, which we're happy to do, um, give people jobs and opportunities. And so, you know, we're maxing out and then growing our groups and then putting out new cases. Um, that's, that's other expansion is infrastructure expansion as well. And the question we ask everyone, what are you guys currently playing? It can be a board game. It could be another escape room style thing. It could be a murder mystery. You know, it could be any type of thing. But what would you, what are you playing currently and what would you recommend? Okay. Hunter Killer, is, it's fun. I like it. I, but I, I'm trying not to name names because I don't want to criticize, but I'm, I'm I got to say this. I don't like the subscription services of anyone. I don't like being left hanging. Um, and people I know don't like it either. They, they they liked our game. You talked about it. It's all in one. So to come back to the subscription first thing, like a full round circle, um, I don't like that. So the patience in me is like, I don't like it, but it's fun. Um, it's creative. It's different. And I mean, it, the biggest thing about it is it's everywhere. The marketing campaigns were huge. So many people have played it that you can talk to people about it and socialize about it. Um, University Games put out some pretty good stuff recently. Um, I really like those. Um, we stray from the ones that are too similar to us just because we don't want to end up um, being influenced to like do um, and end up doing similar things and then 
that's not cool, you know, kind of let them do their, them do their things. Um, Mysteries by Christine would be one of those. Um, she does more of like a, a children's based things with squirrels and stuff, but it's very similar. You're going through different phases to do stuff. So early on we played like, the, I played the squirrel one um, just cause we were considering kids stuff. And then I was like, really, let's just do our own thing. Um, and after playing that and realizing, man, we should do this and this, I was like, we need to stop. We need to stop looking at stuff. So we actually chose not to go into children's at that time because we were getting like all our ideas from someone else's game and we didn't want to do that. Um, I would suggest Clue. Clue. Clue takes you so many places. Ultimately, I know these are board games. Um, ultimately, I love going to escape rooms. I love going, I love doing in-person stuff. So, you know, I'm excited to try out your escape rooms. Um, and yeah, so you, you said you were doing a new build and everything. I'm excited for all that stuff to get opened back up and um, actually go out to escape rooms. Carson, we just want to say thanks so much. Thank you, thank you. For coming on the show. We're super excited about uh, what you guys are doing in the space, and we'll have you back on sometime, maybe meet the other boys in the band and Mm -hmm. talk about some more cold cases. But if you want to check out a cold case by Cold Case Crackers, you can do a couple things. You can find them on Amazon, You can also go to coldcasecrackers.com and pick yourself up a copy. The games run for $29.99 USD. And for us, how can you help us out, you say? Well, it doesn't cost you anything to help us out. You can help us out for free. Free? Right now. Open your smartphone device, your computer, find the puzzling company, shoot us a review, or just click that subscribe button. What if I have a Nokia? They still make Nokias? I think so. Do you remember the N-Gage? Yeah. Oh, and it was the phone and it was like the precursor. I, I don't know. I just, I'm imagining someone like listening to this podcast somehow on our radio and they have a Nokia phone. They're like, I can't help. <laughs> Go to your local library and borrow a computer. Research the engage. Yep. And you'll find uh, the great predecessor to all of the mobile gaming that we see these days. Oh, yeah. But for us, for real, check us out. Puzzlingcompany.com at Puzzling Company on all of our social medias and be looking out for some cool stuff coming out soon. But that's going to wrap us up for today. I'm Jared. This is Zach. Thanks, guys. See you. Thanks for listening. Find us on social media at Puzzling Company and online at puzzlingcompany.com. Check back weekly for new episodes. Until next time, keep puzzling. This has been Globe Media Network Podcast.